Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy, and we've really just got to get just through this quickly. just got to pound this out. Because I am really excited. We, listen, we're on vacation this week, uh, headed to the beach. Uh, we're not even supposed to be here doing this. No. This is like work. This is and like And I'm on vacation. We're on, basically on vacation right now. That's how devoted we are to you, the people. I can't wait to get out there and just start carving waves on my wakeboard that I learned how to ride in secret lessons that I've been taking for the past three months so I can impress you in a grand gesture that's sure to bowl you over. I, I, I'm speechless. I, you will be. I can't. Well, mainly because where did you learn to wakeboard in Huntington? Beach Fork. On the lake. I went to Beach Fork Lake and they, yeah. And, and they you, told you me were how. wakeboarding. Don't you have to, I don't know, I'm not a wakeboarder, but don't you have to have waves? Yeah, well, the ship makes them. The pontoon boats, you cruise behind the oh, pontoon boats oh, and carve okay. the carve the uh, foam, carve the foam, as they say. And you ride the waves of carp that fill yeah. Beach Fork Lake. Yeah. Beach Fork Lake is 50% water and 50% carp, and the, yeah. the balance may be shifting to carp at yeah, this point. Yeah, you got to keep the carp in check. They, they, <laughs> they actually have people they pay to fish it constantly 24 hours a day, less the carp get the carp out. Get the carp out. The carp are gross. But the only bad thing I've been having said is that that does lead to a little bit of nausea. Uh, from the waves and the choppiness of the ocean and the sea. Motion or, or, sickness. Or the choppiness of Beach Fork Lake. Or the choppiness of Beach Fork Lake, as it may be. Well, Justin... I'm sorry I was lying about that because I don't get seasick, but, like, I'm trying to get us in here. Well, you're... No, it was a good job. It I was, was okay, right? With it. I was okay. following you. All right, we're on the same there. page. Yeah. Okay. No, I know. So, yes, I am getting seasick. Wonk, wonk, wonk. Well, Justin, yeah, st- statistically, it is likely that you would get seasick, at least a little bit. Do you know that only 10% of the population likely is completely impervious to motion sickness? Are you telling me that I am both impervious to poison ivy and motion sickness? See, I don't believe that you are completely impervious to motion sickness because the point that they make when, when they cite this statistic is that... Yes, there are those of us, me, for instance, who I can't read in the car. I can't even really ride in the back seat of the car for very long without getting kind of queasy. You're really, yeah. You're um, not the worst I've seen. I've no, I'm seen, not the worst. worst. Yeah, I can ride roller coasters. Our well. beloved sister Teresa has a problem, has a, has a rough time. Like yes. we, when we drive up uh, the hill uh, to go to Max Funcon, that, that's that's a rough one. She, that's she takes rough it hard. for anybody. That's, that's hard for anybody. And Charlie has motion sickness, we yeah. learned. Yeah, um, found that out the hard way. But ninety percent of the population, if you put them in severe enough circumstances, is gonna is gonna have motion sickness. Sure, apparently. Um, and seasickness is what I'd 
first like to focus on because you would not believe how many different things we've tried for the different like flavors of motion sickness over time. Whether you're talking about like on the ocean or in space or in cars, uh, we've done lots of research and there's lots to talk about. So I thought since we are going to the beach, I will just focus on the seasickness aspect of motion sickness for now. Okay. And it is not special. No. In and of itself. It's ba- it's seasickness is motion sickness. Absolutely. It's all the same thing. We've just, you know, kind of tried different things depending on where it... Seasickness is actually the sweetest kind of motion sickness, if you think about it. Because... Why? Well, think about it. Seasickness, by definition, it is... Here's a place for you to put that. Oh, you're getting sick? We've got you covered. Oh, that's a good point. You know what I mean? You like, just, it's like space right there. Yeah, like, like you get in the car. Oh, I'm driving with this now. This is my situation. I'm living with. Get it in space. Oh, I'm just gonna float with this. Excellent, excellent. This should be a really sweet trip to the moon. <laughs> that's bad. But if you get seasick, it's like, oh, I'll just put this over here. No problem. It's I have like, a, I have a place to put this. If you're gonna spew, spew into this ocean. Exactly. There you go. Okay. Exactly. I got it. Well, I want to thank uh, two people who have recommended this, Chad and Jamie. Thank you. I believe Jamie is a sufferer as well. Mm. So hopefully this will help. Probably not. Uh, so people have been having seasickness for, as you can imagine, a really long time because mm-hmm. people have been sailing and traveling and, you know, using our, we're, our earth is mostly water and we've been traveling on it for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I prefer uh, mal de mer. Maldomare. I think that's sickness a, of the sea. Yeah, that's a fancier name for seasickness. Yeah, I think that's prettier, and it's really just puking is what we're talking about. So I think it's well, nice. Might as well to label gussy it, it up, way. right? Um, all seasickness really is. So I think it's let's talk about and motion sickness in general. What we're really what we're really talking about is a like a confusion of input. Mm-hmm. So our we take in a lot of different sensory input and it's stuff that we know about like hearing and smelling and tasting and all that. Um, but there's also, there's our visual input, of course, but there's like our sense of position in space mm-hmm. where we, where we feel our body is. Um, there's our, there's our balance sensors, you know, our inner ear that helps keep us balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you get confusing input from those different sensory, you know, ways of of absorbing material when you get confusing conflicting input uh then you get sick so for instance it's a really great (laughs) it's like a really crazy reaction for your body like hey wait a minute is it are we floating are we still i just don't that's exactly (laughs) i can't handle this confusing situation i'm gonna throw up (laughs) it's really it's a it's a fun reaction um it's so i mean if you think about it like if you're standing on a ship that's kind of bouncing up and down so you've got like the visual input of like either you're staring at the horizon which is moving in a certain direction or even worse maybe you've gone below deck and now everything's fixed so the stuff around you isn't moving but your body can sense that you're moving up and down Mm -hmm. and at the same time your your whole balance system is trying to move your legs around in subtle little ways to keep you standing still and all that input is conflicting Mm. and so you you puke. And the same thing can happen if you're sitting in the back of a car and trying to look at different things or, or in an airplane. You know, it's interesting. This motion sickness has been a real hot topic in video games which field I work in and because of virtual reality because you're getting a lot of uh, people trying to solve for how do you keep people from, from getting nauseous because of this exact issue. The, the physical sensations that your body uh, is receiving are very different from what you're seeing on the screen. One of the interesting things I've, I've heard is that uh, there was one developer that had some success with making um, the scale just completely 
different from what we would normally experience mm-hmm. because you don't have the, the the that sort of like uncanny valley between what you what your real life is like and you can't your brain can't process it into something that it recognizes as the real world so it's not trying to you know so it's not it, conflicting it's not conflicting right it's just it, it's, it's that just far totally from, separate yeah that's interesting that mm-hmm. be, and that would be helpful for me because i cannot do that virtual reality stuff you, no you did you've done some stuff they, they some actually, of it they but, have ratings of comfort actually uh, uh the, we should talk about this as a separate topic this is not germane to seed sickness but they have levels of comfort where 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 there are slower moving things that don't you know jostle your perspective around mm-hmm. as much that are comfortable for everybody as it says and then or most it probably says most and then you know there's some that are comfortable for few which are very fast and unpleasant and so, i think i think those i i can't handle i would not recommend it no um and this is largely an inner ear issue and as justin knows um i I am fascinated by the inner ear. Yes. The the inner ear is one of the most uh, amazingly constructed. It's just, it's perfect. It's beautiful and it's perfect and it's complex. The way that we sense our position in space, there are all these little canals and they've got these little piles of crystals and they're shifting in the crystals and it's it's amazing. And I could go on and on, but that'll be another show someday. Anyway, it's the inner ear, and the inner ear is fascinating. If you ever want to just be amazed by the universe, read about the inner ear and look at some pictures someday. Um, But seasickness, it's been written about uh, in ancient history because people have been coping with it for so long. Uh, Hippocrates wrote, very simply, sailing on the sea proves that motion disturbs the body. I figure he was probably seasick when he wrote that, and he was like, this is it. This is the best I got. Because he usually kind of expounded on things a little I've, further. Yeah, I've just got to write something to take my mind off this. I don't know. This is bad. The The word for nausea is actually from the Greek word naus for ship. Oh. Huh, so there, there you go. So we, we've connected nausea with being on boats for a long time. Uh, Cicero wrote that he would rather be killed in battle than have seasickness. <laughs> That's really, he really hated it. Which I can, I mean, I think being nauseous is, for me, that's the worst. I'd rather hurt anywhere than be nauseous. Yeah. Personally. Um as far back in, in ancient China and ancient Indian medicine, uh, they've been suggesting ginger mm. for seasickness, which is actually a really great idea. Yeah. Does work. Yeah, you see uh, there's lots of that kind of thing, like um, anti-nausea ginger gum. Mm-hmm. I've seen it right, that sort of stuff. And there there's, there is some evidence for using ginger. Mm. So that's a, that's a real thing that we've known for a really long time. Of course, as you're going to see, that didn't stop us from doing all kinds of other crazy things to fix seasickness. But but we knew about ginger a long time ago. Um, it's played a role as uh, and you, I, I comment on this a lot because I like when I see medicine and history and, you know, it all interacts. It, it mm-hmm. plays a course in the course of human events. It plays a role. Um when the English defeated the Spanish Armada in 1588, which I guess was a big surprise victory. They were not, I don't know who was predicting who was going to win. <laughs> I don't know laying was odds. Like, I don't know like what articles were being written about who's going to win this upcoming battle. Between. Probably hindsight. Yes. Like I would think, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the, the English defeated the Spanish Armada, and there were a lot of things that played into this. This is not the only thing. But one of the factors was that the Spanish admiral, who was the Duke of Medina Sidonia, who had he was very i guess well respected and revered but he hadn't spent a lot of time at sea which you'd think like the the admiral would have but whatever mm-hmm. um he got really seasick during the battle and that was one factor that contributed to the spanish huh. loss so 
thought that was interesting. That is interesting. There are a lot of famous people who like to write a lot about how sick they got on boats. Why you want to write about that? Again, I don't know. Um, Admiral Nelson, who I imagine if we were British, that would instantly mean something to us. Yeah, I'm not I'm not aware of an Admiral Nelson, but he I'm was, not I'm not very well steeped in that sort of thing. Me neither. Me neither. Military history in general and certainly not British military history. Um but he was a, a hero of the British Navy and, and very famous. And I think that there are probably people listening who are going, How do you not know who that is? Sure. Uh but he never got over his seasickness despite spending many, many years, I think since the age of twelve on a boat. Do you think you just acclimate at a certain point? Some people don't. Some people never do. Wow. Darwin wrote of, of his horrible seasickness. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia never got over his seasickness. Yeah. Um, there's one old English proverb uh, that references seasickness, and it says that the only cure for seasickness is to sit on the shady side of an old brick church in the country. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Well, Which, sure, yeah. Sure, I think that's supposed to be a joke. I think that's like an old-timey joke. Oh, oh, is that what passed? Okay, pretty funny. I think that's okay. That's an okay joke. That's an okay, for an old English proverb, that's a fairly, that's good. Um, that probably would fix your seasickness. Sure, yeah. Now, as far as our attempts to fix it, well, the first question is, why does it happen? And for most of history, the prevailing theory as to why we got seasickness or any kind of motion sickness is that it had to do with our stomach and our intestines kind of shifting around. I mean, it feels like that. Like when you go over a, 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 a uh, like when you're driving mm-hmm. like somewhere hilly and you go over a big hill, like that drop in your stomach, like you. Yes, exactly. And you, we used to call that a tummy tickler. A, t- a what? Well, it's a tummy tickler, but tumly tickler's funnier. So we used to say, like, tumly. There were certain roads that we used to ask to drive on when we were little because they have tumly ticklers. Oh, that's sweet. You go over the hill really fast, and it's cute. But it does kind of feel like your stomach's flopping around. Sure. So I can see why people thought that. Of course, that isn't what what's happening. Um, so there Here were comes some old spoil sport. To tell you what's actually <laughs> happening. Sorry, I don't. Isn't it much more disturbing to think that your organs are shifting around? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I like them. I like them where they are. They seem to be doing okay. Yeah, yeah. Do you them. want I don't them to need stay them migrating? They're there for a reason. Yeah, they don't need to go on tour. <laughs> so there were uh, solutions that were invented to uh, keep your organs in place. Okay. Um, one in particular in the 19th century was a Canadian company made an anti-motion sickness belt, which was like this. It was kind of like a girdle that you wore, like this real tight okay. thing. And that was basically the idea was like, just wear this. It'll keep your stomach and your intestines from shifting around and you're going to be fine. That would work. <laughs> there were actually some people who suggested, you know, what make a, what might make them work better is if we wired it to like a battery and then you could cattle prod style, give yourself a shock if you started to get nauseous. And I don't know if that would like tame your organs, like get back there, stomach. Come hey. on, do wadnam. <laughs> Fall into line. So I don't I don't know that people actually did that, but that was no. that was a suggestion. It's an option. Uh, the Hamburg American Steamship Company came up with a, a more elaborate plan. Uh, they created a vibrating anti seasickness deck chair. That doesn't make sense. I don't know why that would make you feel better. I wonder though if you could make a chair that would sort of be like, um, sort of like one of those suspend like a chair that was suspended. Somehow, where it didn't, you didn't feel like the motion of the waves. You know what I mean? Like it was, like not like one of those weird seventies hanging chairs, but similar idea. You know what I mean? That was the best segue you have ever come up with. 
Do oh, you man. know what I'm about to talk about? No. I just that that was amazing. Really? Yes. Wow, I feel really good. Thanks, Sid. That exact that exact thought led to our next uh anti seasickness creation. Okay. Um the idea of suspending something so that it wouldn't move so much. And this is I as I've stumbled upon the story, I'm very excited to share this with you. So I'm gonna tell you about the Bessemer Saloon. All right. Okay, Henry Bessemer was born in England in 1813 uh, to a very wealthy family, and his father was an inventor. And so he decided to carry on in the family tradition and also be an inventor. And he was he was successful at this. He was good at it. He invented a way to mass-produce steel, which is pretty important. He was the first one to kind of figure out how to take lead and turn it into a pencil, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Unsafe, um, but cool. But... Uh, but during his his travels and his inventing and selling products and that kind of thing, he had a lot of trips back and forth across the English Channel. And he, as 90% of the population does, suffered from seasickness. Uh, so he was very sick on every trip back and forth across the Channel. And he thought, there has to be a better way. Has to be a better way. As many people have thought on Shark Tank and Dragon's Den. Yeah. <laughs> there has to be a better way. So... He started thinking, you know, because he was an engineer, you know, the way that a compass works is that it's kind of suspended mm-hmm. on a ship. So it doesn't move the way that everything else does. Right. right? Exactly right. like you're talking about with the with your imaginary deck chair that you just made. Mm-hmm. And so, patented. If anybody's listening, don't even try it. <laughs> you need to come up with a clever name. OK, I'll work on that. You can't steal the Bessemer Saloon. I that was my number one. Okay, <laughs> I'll revert to number two as soon as I come up with a number two. So he thought if a compass stays still, no matter how much the ship is moving, why not a whole room of the ship? Hmm. Why not a whole cabin that could be suspended similarly to a compass that you could stay in on the ship? What about the lazy buoy? <laughs> the lazy buoy. I get I. I Lazy get it. I, boy. I don't know what that has anything to do with buoys, you know. Well, yeah. Lazy boy chair. I don't know that that Lazy really. Boy. It doesn't say anti motion sickness to me. I'll keep working on. Yeah, it. work on that. Okay. So, so he he wants to make a room that's suspended, sort of like a compass, that you won't get sick in. Okay. So he builds a model of it in his basically in his backyard in London. Okay. Which would be great. Can you imagine like hearing that, like the neighbors and coming over, like, what are you what? What are you making? What is this? Is just my anti seasickness chair. Anti seasickness chair, but we're in not Idaho. a chair, a whole room. It's a room where you it's go to not room. be seasick. Yes. Oh my god, he's building a whole room. So he he built this cabin that was supported by gimbals. Do you know what gimbals are, Justin? Yeah. What are they? Well, sorry, uh, boy, uh, it's hard to explain to a layman. You don't even want to give it a shot. You know, gimbals. They're like, um, they're like, uh, uh, like a mechanism that's typically consists of rings pivoted at right angles for keeping instruments such as a compass or chronometer horizontal in a moving vessel or aircraft. So, sort of, that's a, that's the best I can do, sort of on short notice for a layman. Right. I'm going to give you that one. Thanks. Okay. So, he built this cabin supported by gimbals that was not attached to that basically what would be the outside walls of the ship, right? Mm-hmm. So that it would be kind of free floating. Um, and he did some tests in his backyard to see if this would work. I'd have no idea how he did these tests. 
How do you how do you simulate the ocean in your backyard? You fill up a kiddie pool, I guess. <laughs> and put the whole room put in it? Put the whole room in no, it. No, it was a whole room. I know. I, I have nothing. I don't know. I don't know how he did it. But whatever he did, he was pleased with the results. And he said, you know what? I got a lot of money. I've got this invention. I'm going to put it in a in a ship and we're going to see how it works. So he had one of his cabins installed in a steamer ship. Um, he had a ship designer help him put it together. And he made it very fancy. So first of all, it was huge. It was 70 foot in length, 30 feet wide. And as it was the Victorian era, it was, era, it was very Victorian chic. It had gilt mirrors on the walls, leather seats. It had potted plants everywhere. It was a very big, fancy, floating compass room in a ship. How to, Well, how'd it go? Well, I'm going to tell you that. But before I do, why don't you follow me to the billing department? Let's go. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared? All I got two minutes? I'm eating filet mignon? That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, 
Use offer code SAWBONES to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. And we host the first podcast ever made, My Brother, My Brother, and Me. Every Monday, we put out the first ever advice comedy podcast ever. They found our podcast on Dead Sea Scrolls. We're the Hammurabi Code of podcasts, and we're ready to entertain you with jokes that we invented the first jokes. So join us every Monday on MaximumFun.org. You'll never crack our code, Dan Brown. Just try me. It's history in the making. And in the faking. And it's all yours for the taking. All right. We're out in the ocean. We're in a special room to not puke in. The happy-go-not-puke-y. Uh, if you if you if you know your tiny tunes, uh, and uh, what how does it how does it fare? Okay, so the ship set out on its maiden voyage. I, I believe it was the SS Bessemer, and it had the Bessemer Saloon was the room okay. in it in 1875, early 1875, and it was a it was a private. Uh, voyage so to speak they invited a very high class clientele of investors and basically rich people to come and enjoy this room and they left over headed across the channel for france to the port of calais and initially things were going pretty well yeah the i mean i don't know how well the room was working for seasickness but everybody was enjoying it they were having a good time everything was okay um however as the ship slowed to enter the port uh to to come to the harbor it, they created a problem. So as the ship slowed down, the room didn't necessarily slow down so much. So if you can picture that, there's this ship that's going slower, and inside is this giant 70-foot by 30-foot room that's just swinging, swinging back around, and forth. Yeah, right. Which made the ship very difficult to pilot. Okay. The result was that as it came into the port, it literally crashed into the port, <laughs> <laughs> taking out part of the pier. <laughs> We can laugh because everybody was okay. Reportedly, I don't. I was, was laughing nothing. before I knew. Sorry, everybody. I'm glad it all panned out for you. Hachi, so, Hachi, who's nauseous now? The guy who owns the pier, I guess. He doesn't feel so good. So you would think. <laughs> can you imagine being that captain? Just like all oh, those rich idiots, those rich idiots. I'm gonna crash. Oh, this stinks. I've never crashed before. Now thanks to these rich dummy dummies. I'm going to plow to that pier. I'm sorry, everybody. I'm sorry. I have a floating can of rich people inside of my boat. I'm sorry. So, you'd think that with this, with this, I think we could call this a failure. I think yeah. we could call that a, a failure of the of I mean, the they test. weren't nauseous. Did that work? No, I, I mean, mean, did that part work? They were probably... So, yeah, I mean, they weren't nauseous as far as we know, but yeah. that really wasn't written about much, as you well, can imagine. Well, that's not going to be your headline. No. Um, so you'd think that Henry would say, well, that was a good good try, but we'll move on to another invention. We'll try something else. Um, but no, he was not deterred by this. He rushed back to England and, and kind of um, haphazardly had the ship repaired um, because of, obviously there was damage sustained and decided to try it again. Okay. Uh, Excellent. Pretty quickly, also. I mean, this was like just a couple months later, um, which at that time, I think like getting a ship repaired and doing all that, that would have been a big deal. Um, but just a couple months later, he has his ship pretty much hastily repaired. He's got the cabin in place and he decides, okay, so the issue is that it was swinging back and forth. So what I'll do is I'll lock it in place. Uh, that was actually, I was sitting here thinking that, like, oh, what they should do. What if there's the way they could lock it in place? But here's the problem. 
Like, doesn't that kind of defeat the purpose? Well, couldn't you lock it in place at the end? Like, oh, we're pulling in. I don't know if they could have, but they didn't. They locked it in place before they left. So, Well, that seems to defeat the purpose. Uh, that's what I think. Now, no. this was a public voyage. I guess at this point, they couldn't round up enough rich people who were willing to go. No, full so- rich people won. Shame <laughs> on you. So they, they just invited anybody. Um, and they set out again from Dover to the Port of Calais. Uh, same trip. And again... Initially, they're doing well. Now, I don't know how much it helped with seasickness at this point, because now it's just a room that's kind of separate but locked in place. Who Mm -hmm. knows? Uh, But again, we don't really know if that worked or not, because as it slowed down to the port, uh, just the structural integrity of the ship became a problem. Excellent. With this extra room that was suspended, um, even with it not moving so much, and, and maybe because the ship had not been repaired completely, who knows, for whatever reason. And they had gotten by this time a veteran ship captain who they knew was not going to let this thing wreck. He was going to do his best to make sure that he didn't crash. And, and let me add, there are crowds of French people gathered oh, no. oh, around no. to watch this ship come to port because of what happened a few months ago they're all out there like can you believe this Bessemer guy's coming back let's come watch so the ship as they come into port it slows down it begins to pitch and roll violently back and forth oh no the captain tries his best to keep it straight however once again it comes crashing (laughs) into the pier taking out most of the supporting pillars and completely destabilizing the whole thing I can't believe why would you go okay Let's do a role play real quick. Sydney, what are you doing this afternoon? Not what? much? No, not not much. I'm not real busy. Do you want to come down with me to the pier to watch a ship land? It's, uh, uh, you may have heard about it. It had a, its first voyage a few months ago. Do you want to come down to the pier with me and watch a ship land? Well, uh, uh, sure, I guess. I mean, I don't know. Wh- which ship is this now? It's the one that crashed into the pier a few months ago. Do, do you want to... You want me to come stand on the pier? Let's go down to the pier. And watch the ship that crashed into the pier. It's the same pier and the same ship. And we're just going to like roll the dice. You no. know, I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. I figure, figure. I've got some other things. In retrospect, I'm good too. Yeah. I've got a baby and just I'm busy. So do you try again? No. After the second crash, uh, mm. that was enough to scare off any investors sure, that he you might have. Know when, know when to hold them. Know when to <laughs> leave your boat to rot in the ocean. Which is basically what he did. He he did take it back to England. I guess I don't know. Like he was tired of the French people making fun of him, which you know they they had to oh, have been at that point. Brutal. Like, yeah. Come on, you English nerd. What are you doing? So he took his he took his ship back to the port and left it there to rust with the Bessemer Saloon inside, um, and it pretty much abandoned the idea altogether. However, the saloon did not die here. Oh, right. It oh, never yeah. saw the sea again, but. Uh, a few years later, Edward James Reed, who had been one of the initial investors, saw that the ship was about to, they were about to break it up, get rid of it, you know, get rid of all the pieces. And he said, hey, why don't, I will pay to have this whole cabin moved to my home, because oh. I think it's kind of cool. So he had his, the whole cabin moved to his home in Kent, the Huxtable house, and he turned it into a billiard room. Oh, excellent. Which okay. Is, if you Great. see pictures of it, it looks really cool, because it looks like a ship's cabin. Um, so he had that in his house, and then later his house became the Swanley Agricultural College, and the cabin was used as a lecture hall for a while, hmm. which is super cool. But uh, sadly, it met its end, not at the sea, as you would have expected, but um, it was destroyed in World War II. Nah. So, but cool idea. Yeah, nice try. 
Now, we got better, um, speaking of World War II, at that point, we got a lot better w- with the idea of how can we prevent motion sickness because it became an issue for a lot of our a lot of our fighting men and women. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was a lot of research into, like, how, how can we do something to prevent motion sickness? And it, in 1947, we just kind of noticed that antihistamines actually helped to huh. prevent motion sickness and we were using them for other things but we noticed that too and so then that kind of became the treatment and the the medicine people took which is still true today um there was this theory for a while that and this was popular in the military that you could just get people into good enough shape and they wouldn't be susceptible yeah i think you see that in media a lot that there's a connection between like the city slicker out on the ocean for the first time and, and he's he gets sick all over his nice white (laughs) <laughs> dress slacks but the but the hardened like sure sea weary captain ron is no unfazed. he never he never gets and man and, i'm gonna watch captain ron this week there's no yes, better movie to watch the beach woof however stoked captain ron would be no less likely to get seasick than uh martin short <laughs> <laughs> um i mean okay if you're talking about their characters in the film, you are perhaps right. If you're talking about in life, if Kurt Russell or Martin Short is going to get seasick, I'm going to put my money on Martin Short every single time. See, that's the that see that's the myth though, because okay. that's what people thought. They thought like the little guys, the scrawny guys, the puny guys, the guys who aren't in good shape, that they're going to get seasick. Um, and we always kind of assume this until in 1990 there was a Canadian experiment where they actually said, "Let's find out if that's true." So they took a bunch, I believe these were military personnel who were in pretty, who were not in great shape. They thought were kind of like puny, weak Mm -hmm. guys for whatever reason, they weren't in good shape. And so they put them in a uh, precision angular mover, Mm -hmm. which basically is this machine where you're in pitch darkness and they just kind of spin you around and upside down and throw you all over the place until you puke, which sounds awful. It sounds like the, yeah, that sounds like really bad. So they did that, timed how long it took them to puke. And then they put them through a rigorous training and exercise program and they got really fit and reduced their body fat and got real you know got real small and then got real big got tiny and then got huge exactly um and then they put them back in the the precision angular mover and they did worse than they did the first time around oh man so and this is not to say that don't get in good shape because then you're gonna get motion sickness more vulnerable but i think it debunked the myth that like all you have to do is exercise enough to get rid of your motion sickness what uh what can you do sid what are some things that real quick what are some things that actually work so some things that actually work and most of us probably know this are are antihistamines like uh, dramamine is a very popular thing that people can take uh meclizine scopolamine which comes in a handy little patch which some people will wear um i think that's part of the military like package for that kind of thing too uh finergan which just kind of helps with nausea ginger really can help there is some evidence to back that up so these are all things of course talk to your doctor about before you just take them if you're as always concerned or if you have medical conditions um stay above deck can help i read these things from a sailor stay above deck don't eat a lot before a full stomach is more likely to to get nauseous don't drink booze which is like that defeats the purpose of being on a boat but Mm -hmm. whatever watch the horizon kind of stare to you know the horizon to help orient yourself and stay midship it moves less um there are those c bands that have the you know the acupressure at your wrist yeah it seems like a um seems made up well i i will say i tried them when i was pregnant and i i did not find them very helpful myself um there's conflicting there's never really been good evidence to show that they work but there are people who anecdotally swear by them and i will say this they can't hurt you it's a wristband with a pressure point at your wrist so if you want to try them they're usually cheap they're safe i say give them a go 
Yeah. Even if it's placebo, if it works, it works. So excellent. Well, Sydney, thank you uh, for for covering that topic, and thank you to you for listening at home. We hope you're uh, uh, gonna treat yourself to a little vacation time this week. I'm sure you've earned it. Um, thank you to the Maximum Fun Network for having us on their uh, their their family of podcasts. Uh, this week, I'm gonna wreck it. My special recommendation is One Bad Mother, uh, which is a show about being a mom. You were on it, Sid. Yes, Biz and it's Teresa a great make that show. show, and it's it's a ton of fun. And I have a really cute shirt from their show too. That's that true. I enjoy. That's yeah. true. It's a good shirt. Yeah. Uh, by the way, there's a lot of uh, uh, Max Fun merch you can find at maxfunstore.com. There are uh, two Sawbone shirts, one of which was designed by Sydney's sister Taylor. That I'm wearing right this second. Actually, I just realized. So go get it because it's awesome. Go get it, Sydney. You had uh, a few other things. I want to thank a couple of people who were nice enough to send us some presents, which we love and appreciate. Thank you, Deanna, for a, an adorable little T-shirt for our daughter Charlie uh, that d- proclaims her a self-rescuing princess, which of course she is. Um, we want to congratulate John and Julie who got married in May and sent us some adorable pictures of that. And also thank you from to whoever in edinburgh sent us a really cool cadbury tea towel you didn't include your name so i can't thank you by name but if you tweet at us or email us or something then i will thank you by name we have been remiss in thanking people by the way p.o box 54 Huntington, west virginia 25706 is, is the address if you want to send us uh stuff uh thank you to james and hannah for the draft and the onesies thanks for uh the ring sling to jan thanks for the uh book of remedies from nick Thanks to Kevin and Jessica Stewart for the uh, monster cereals. Uh, there was a uh, Sid the the um, the candy. Remember the chocolate that we got? Oh my gosh! All the different so kinds good. of chocolate. That had like the oh man, this is gonna irritate me if I don't remember macadamia nuts and macadamia the, uh, nuts. the oh, what was um, the, corn nuts with the chocolate around. Oh, those are jalapeno corn nuts. What was the brand of that? Sydney's gonna run and check which brand of chocolate that was because I really appreciate. Uh, that um, thank you to uh, Dina and Danny for all the cool stuff from uh, uh, Mardi Gras. I'm just going. I'm just like opening random things. Oh, Sydney's gonna be so mad. I found the note from Brian at Fruition Chocolate. Uh, TasteFruition.com is their uh, address. They sent us some chocolate. It's very nice of them. I think that's everything. Fruition Chocolate. Yeah. Wait. Thank you, Fruition Chocolate. I found a card from them in in the stack. So. Are you kidding me? That's going to do it for us on Sawbones. Until next Wednesday, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.